Welcome back to Thrive in the Future. This week I have Christopher from securecoop.com. And this episode started as a thought experiment on how would you thrive with rationing like World War II style rationing. I mean, we're at the beginning, inarguably, of a world war. And realistically, listening to our leaders, we'll have a less resource-intensive future. So how do you handle rationing? How do you handle both food and fuel rationing? And most importantly, thrive in that situation. Welcome to Thrive in the Future podcast, positive solutions to help you thrive, designing your intentional life, homesteading, gardening, and rediscovering culture and tradition. At Grow Nut Trees, I still have some chestnuts and some elderberry, as well as comfrey crowns and comfrey cuttings. That's at grownuttrees.com. Okay, welcome back to Thriving in the Future. This week, I've got Christopher with me from Secure Coop. Howdy. And Christopher, how are you doing? Much better than I deserve. <laughs> <laughs> how about you? So, good. Yeah. So tell a little bit about yourself. All right. In Florida, right? Yeah, I'm in Florida. Um, I'm born and raised, love it here, love the weather. Um, Florida's great for, uh, as far as like our growing season, but our soil is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> mostly so, sand. It's mostly sand. There's yeah. a little bit of loam where we're at, um, and a little bit of clay, but it's just, it's just hard. Yeah. Yeah. So but, what's, uh, uh, what's your homesteading look like down there? Well, I got pictures if you want to see them. Well, Sure. So this is what we've got going on. What we have is a really tiny little homestead. We, we've got about an acre that we were personally responsible for. It's on mother-in-law's property. Mm-hmm. And uh, we love living with her. We can help her out. She uh, She's able to give us property. We have a couple of RVs. And um, it just it's beautiful out here. We just love it. Kids get That's to, cool. Yeah, kids get to see grandma. We, get, we can save some money. And everybody's happy. So. We're loving it. We got a whole acre basically that we're responsible for. Half of it we have left to woods, mm-hmm. uh, and then the the other half we've been mostly my wife been filling out uh, little bits in here with with uh, fruit trees and um, all kinds of. She she doesn't plant anything unless it's either food, medicine, or it uh, attracts pollinators. You know, it's a beneficial kind of a plant. Great. What kind of trees you got there? All right, so in the picture we've got, I uh, see a couple uh, mulberries. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a plum to the right, and then to that right, that green, weird-looking one. That's called a katuk. No, actually, I think it's from Asia. It's got all kinds of minerals in it. Wow. On the left-hand side, the big bushy one is a uh, pigeon pea. We'll get closer look at that one. Uh, but it, more in the foreground, the little pink flowers are Turk's cap. And then dead in the center to the left of that wheelbarrow, is uh, the only caffeinated plant that grows in North America. It's a, a native. It's a Yapon holly. Hmm. So if you want caffeine, you know, at the end of the world, uh, there's your caffeine source. When the SHTF. Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, so let's see what else we got. Uh, on the right here are just some really cool. They're, they're, used, they're good for... Um, for chop and drop they're not they're they're kind of a sunflower but the, the seeds are too tiny to really harvest mm-hmm. uh but they the, the birds and the bees love them and they grow so tall the ones last year that this these replaced that grew up to like 18 feet or so it's 18 feet 
Yeah, it's just really? enormous. You just walk out under a towering tree of uh, sunflower. Huh. And, wow. and behind that, we've got some lemongrass and some arrowroot she's growing. Oh, uh, cool. And the foreground here are, uh, is a plum on the left there. Uh, mm-hmm. Just behind the plum to the right, like dead center, is the little uh, banana tree. But it's not very happy right there. Hmm. Needs more water and such. Uh, to the right is a mulberry, which is my first time five years ago growing it, and it just grows fantastic. It just like you know, you just put it in the ground and walk away. It's so easy, and like lot loads of fruit, just wonderful. Got here. Oh, there's that pigeon pea. So that one is, um, uh, of course, you get the peas off of it, which is you know a legume that you can eat. But the leaves also are very full of protein, so they're great hmm. for fodder. We're we're starting to try to to bulk up uh, things for fodder for one day having animals and not having to uh you know buy feed for them sure you got a little bucket bucket in the ground for some um a worm farm small worm farm and some okra going on uh okra grows pretty well here but this these are kind of look not not all that happy maybe you need to do something different with it then uh to the right there are some uh roselles they're 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 loaded with vitamin c and they make a good tea and the, uh, they have uh, really pretty red flowers. Where's your now, chicken place? Where's the chicken place? Now, that has, we, I started with chickens about eight years ago, and uh, hawks and dogs got them. That was when I started developing Shakir Coop, and I said, you know, if I'd have had Shakir Coop finished, probably wouldn't have lost them. So, yeah, they'll, they'll come again. We'll get them again. Great. We got a, a really popping um, uh, sweet potato patch. They got wow. mowed because we decided just we're going to leave them in the ground this year, not try to harvest them. Uh, so they just mowed mowed them uh, because she's getting tired of looking at the overgrowth. But just in like a few weeks, they've come right back, and here it is, uh, almost winter. They just are like fantastic. You like you put them in the ground and walk away. They like thrive on neglect. You can eat those leaves too. You can put can them eat in the leaves, salad and stuff, right? Yeah. So if we ever get a situation where we have to grow the majority of what we uh, eat. Sweet potatoes would be a large part of it. I'll, I'll just mm-hmm. put them all over because they're so easy. And uh, I found, a, I went to the, the grocery store, picked up all the different varieties and planted all of them. And the one that did the most, most vigorous was the one I kept. And that's this kind. It's a Japanese uh, sweet uh, purple potato. Really? Huh. Yeah. Yep. Beautiful little thing. Um, and then you'll leave them in the ground and they'll come back next year? Yeah. In, in this part of the, the world, it, it, when it's not that cold, they act like a perennial. Mm-hmm. So they'll come back. Wow. Yeah. Um, the upper right corner is a true yam because a sweet potato is not a yam. So the upper mm-hmm. right corner are, are some true true yams. Uh, they really need like more room to, to vine out, but they are so uh, good. They're aggressive and invasive here in Florida. So you walk nice. around the woods and find yams growing out all over the place. And uh, I intentionally put this one in because it was an edible variety. Uh and he, he said, just watch where you put it because it'll go. <laughs> and it, it yeah. Tried, yeah. So it, they, they just will grow like nuts. And uh, and they when you dig them up, it's like 10 pounds for the root or something. Wow. And yeah. those are just wild yams? They're just wild yams. Gosh. They were, they were introduced about 100 years ago um, as an ornamental, and they just escaped. And now they're all over the state. So mm-hmm. you, you walk around, and people don't even realize how much food there is in the woods. Oh, yeah. People don't realize how much food there is in normal <laughs> <part> and stuff either. <laughs> That's right. 
these these are uh, some mulberries and uh, uh, long. I don't know if you know who David the Good is. Yeah, he met his wife under the descendant of or the the ancestor of these mulberries. Really? Wow! So you got them from him? That's neat. Yeah. Well, they got I got them from a from a guy who knows him. Mm-hmm. So he got he. That's our plant man. He knows David, and um, he uh, bought the the Rachel mulberries from him. So. Yeah. So David the Goods over in Alabama now, right? Yes, he is. And he okay. used to live uh, about a hundred miles from here. So uh, a lot of his books are written for this region, which is beautiful. So mm-hmm. I can just you know, pull, pop open the book and you know turn, turn to page forty eight, and there we are. Yeah. So she's growing it right here. That's a, a, a little, little sad looking today, but the apothecary with all sorts of like I can see in the back. Um, uh, what's that fuzzy stuff? I want to say mullein, but that's not right. Oh yeah, that's mullein. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm not. I can't identify most of what she's got here, but this is all medicinal. Mm-hmm. I think I believe that's yarrow on the right. Sure. So yeah, it's her- definitely mullein back there. Cowboy toilet paper. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice little rosemary that's happy. Rosemary wow. just goes, goes so good. Uh, now, have you ever heard of a, a beautyberry? Uh, Grant talks about it a lot. Yeah. So this is, I took a real, this is not my picture. This is a, like a downloaded, what a beautyberry looks like in real life. And they're a little bit more like pink purple than this. They're a little bit more purple. Right. They, they live up to the name. They really are beautiful. Wow, uh, that's weird. They're all clumped around the the stem. Yeah. Now, the funny thing is there are a few different varieties and we got a white one and she's trying to grow them and sell them one day because it's really rare. Uh-huh. They're almost always like you can drive around Florida and you're like, oh, there's some beauty berry. There's some beauty berry like everywhere. But yeah. it's always, always the pink ones, never the white ones. I think uh, Grant's sending me some beauty berries, some yeah. kinds of beauty berries. If you can grow them, they're really cool. They're, they're yeah. slight. They're they're. I wouldn't call them like like the best kind of edible. Uh, cause they're a little stringent, but you can turn mm-hmm. them into jams and things. The yeah. Leaf- I'll probably have to treat them nice because they're probably, uh, are outside my zone, but we'll get, yeah. yeah. You'll have to push your zone on that, like in the greenhouse or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but the leaves also are in a mosquito repellent. So, really? Yep. Hmm. Good. This is uh Chaya. We're growing that and it is a kind of a tree spinach. Mm-hmm. And then we've got an olive here going, uh, and a well i'll show you that again the olive uh, which does like florida which is weird because most uh, olives are don't do well in florida really like regular olives yeah regular Tree. olives don't do well so we found a variety from our plant man who he says will do well in here so huh interesting this is a back view from um, on the left hand side we've got we had a uh, compost trench where we just took our you know our uh, kitchen scraps and things and threw them in the trench Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where we had some volunteer sweet potatoes come up and then a volunteer um, Seminole pumpkin. Now, Seminole pumpkin, it, it, that'd be one thing I say, if if you're a person who's short on time, energy and, and money, work with your native stuff. Like find out what's always been grown in the area or find out what likes the area and go with that. Don't try to like do weird things with tomatoes and stuff. Seminole pumpkin is is native to this area. Uh-huh. And you can just, it was like, it also is one of those that just thrives on neglect. You just put it in the ground and walk away. Wow. So, yeah. It was, then they'll sprawl, like, like they'll go 50 feet for one plant. It's insane. <laughs> so your, your compost trench, how's your, what's your process there? You, you dig a trench, mm-hmm. you throw your stuff in, 
Yeah. And you just put dirt on top of it. Yeah. It yeah. We all, town? right. Yeah, exactly. We also threw in um, logs. So it was oh, okay, a, okay. along so the line of, hugo, yeah, along the line of a hugo culture. Yeah. So do you, how long do you let it sit before you plant into it? Uh, actually, these just came up. We didn't, we had plans to use it and they, all this stuff, just everything you see on the left hand side of the screen is all volunteer. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Including the, the, uh, well, no, I, I take that back. The ones in the foreground are more of those, uh, sunflowers. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are not volunteer, but on the right, we got some cassava, which is what the tapioca plant comes from. And it is a kind of a starchy root. Yep. Yeah. Here's that. Here's another cassava that was a volunteer. She thought it died. She tossed it in the compost trench. And I mean, it is exploding. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so then do you, what do you use the cassava for. Oh, uh, so it just sort of like potatoes. Mm-hmm. You just use it like sort of like, I mean, it can be used for tapioca, but if we were to dig it up, we would just use it like potatoes. So is it a tuber or do you grind up the stock or what do you do? Yeah, it's a tuber. Now the leaves, I can't remember if you can use the leaves, but uh, I think you can. Mm-hmm. And uh, propagating this real easy. You just chop off uh, like a, a 18 inch stick from the, one of those, these branches, plant it horizontal and it'll just take off. Horizontal. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. You know, all the little nodules that, that will sprout a new uh, whatever. Wow. So she, she had just thrown this in the compost trench and it came up. <laughs> hmm. So do you gray water out your, you gray water out to this bed, right? Yeah, correct. There's a, the washing machine and then the, uh, the main RV gray waters out to another bed of, uh, of, uh, bananas. Hmm. Yep. Awesome. Now we have about 6,000 watts of solar and I'm slowly moving forward on that project so I can actually install it. But you know, hmm. it's here on the property ready to rock and roll whenever I am. Wow. Yep. That's great. And that is life on our tiny little homestead. Yeah. Send me some of those pictures. It was great. All right. Will do. Cool. And then you, you work from home and then you commute to work a couple times, right? Right. Yeah. So I have to go uh, into um, a 60 mile one way trip into uh, the big city to go to the office. Uh huh. And uh, I've learned I, I, the best thing I just is just get into my minivan and treat it like a small RV and just sleep in Camp Walmart. <laughs> Camp Walmart. Yeah. yeah. Don't you have to go there for a couple days straight? I right? Do. Yeah. I have to be in there in the office three days. And uh, really? Yeah. So every week or just every week. And they're just being silly, you know, like so we moved way out here during COVID when, when uh-huh. I was working remote 100 percent. Sure hoping that it would stick to that well and i had in the back of my mind if it doesn't then i'll just I'll figure out something you know but uh and we did and and i'm glad we did uh and and actually it's not too bad it's sort of like it breaks up the week and it does i kind of look forward to it the the commute i go into town i get some co- nice coffee at the store uh, i make the best of it yeah and, and uh that's and good then, uh prepping good prepping uh scenario there right to yes figure out how you would how you'd live out of your van for a couple of days if you had yes to. yeah and it's no big deal uh, i feel very safe at, at camp walmart uh there's a, a walking distance to um uh to coffee in the morning and mm-hmm. um uh wi-fi in the parking lot and, it, and i park with the employees in the brightly lit section so never get hassled or anything mm-hmm. uh, 
I, in fact, I, f- I feel like I sleep better in there than at home because I have this really nice mattress in the car. So I feel like I get better sleep in the, while I'm on the road. How do you um, blot out the bright lights? I have an eye mask. Just, oh, just, I see. Yeah, okay. just, just sleeping with an eye mask. And, oh. Okay, yeah, cool. It, it doesn't bother me. That just but you do what you got to do, you know. Like when you're when you got a wife and kids, and you know, mother in law, mm-hmm. you're trying to all support, and and uh, you want to move out to the country, but there's no good jobs nearby. I could either work remotely and take a little bit of a cut, or I could just deal with a, a yep, once a week commute into town. Yeah, I got a similar situation during COVID. I I purposely got a job that was remote. And I wasn't even in the same state. And then we got bought oh, wow. by somebody else oh. that, that has an office in Kansas City. So they're trying to force us to go back Ouch. A, day or, a day or two a week. Ouch. And, it, and you know, it's like over an hour away. So mm-hmm. not cool. Yeah. But, yeah. you know. I don't think I would do it if it were, uh, if I had to go every day. Quick break here. If you like what you hear and you like our content, then send us a tip on Venmo, Dollar Thrive in the Future on Cash App at Thrive in the Future, or join the Patreon at patreon.com slash thrive in the future. Now back to the episode. So yeah, so we were talking on the on one of our Telegram chat groups. So everybody thinks that there's going to be or SHTF and uh <laughs> and and that it's it's all or nothing. It's all collapse yeah. or it's good. Right. Or it's good. Right. But, you know, I mean, if, if you listen to, if I mean, even if you listen to our leaders, I mean, you know, it's not a resource rich future. We have to work around it. And one of the things that we were talking about is, is strategies for the inevitable. So yeah, rationing. Yeah. Rationing it at some point, it has to have some sort of rationing either because yeah. of a war which right. we're in or because of that's just, you know, the, the way it's going to go. I mean, yeah. you know, and uh, we have to have, and so let's talk about some strategies around that. Cause I think that's a, yeah. uh, you know, everybody's freaking out. Everybody's like, Oh no, it's going to do this and that. We like to focus on what's the positive solutions and all that. Right. You, you want to thrive how, in the future. Yeah. How do we, how do we thrive through rationing? Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that that is a situation and scenario that I really I agree with you. I don't think a lot of preppers are ready for uh, a life where during like World War Two, there were a lot of things were rationed, sugar, tires, typewriters. Uh, But one thing that really shocked me was that the rations for gasoline got as low as two gallons a week. Mm -hmm. And I just don't see many preppers. Having to, you know, like the world didn't, they didn't have nuclear exchange. There was no EMP. You still have to go to your day job, but you get two gallons a week to do it. Now, yep. farmers had an exception, but, you know, like we, as we learned during uh, COVID, the um, essential workers uh, didn't necessarily line up with people who you would consider essential. So you, you, we might not get sea farmers get that same exemption this time around. Mm-hmm. Um, I would think that. Uh, you'd see um, electric vehicles be allowed, you know, because electricity for now would be until they start rationing electricity, which is where, you know, having a a stack of solar panels really come in handy. Yeah. Um, 
but uh, yeah, I just don't think a lot of preppers are ready for that situation where they have to go like, you know, uh, oh, I I have to still work and I have this big diesel dually and uh, I drive it every day, you know, and I drive 40 miles one way to get to work and you're in trouble, Buster, because yeah. <laughs> you can't make it, you know, down around the corner with that big old truck and that much gas. You know, so well, that's why, you know, I mean, back in World War Two times in the 40s, um, you didn't have suburban sprawl. Right. So two gallons of gas yeah. would get you to the train station. It would get you, you know, or you'd walk. Right. Or something into into town if you had to. Yeah. So, you know, because you lived in, you know, basically pretty much the outskirts of downtown. Yeah. And and the farmers had horses. And people mm-hmm. got around a little better. You know, they walked more than we do now. Sure. Uh, so, yeah. So I, I, I don't, I'm not saying for sure that that will be our future, but I, I like to, one of the things I like to do with my free time when I'm, you know, like I'm on a long commute, I have time to think to myself. I put myself into really bad situations and ask myself, how would I thrive in the future, in that future? Right. How would I work out and, and come and, and get out into that situation. So, you know, here I've got, um, you know, we make a couple trips a week into, uh, into, into the town that's close by for, you know, church and for groceries. That is uh, 10 miles, 15 miles one way. Mm-hmm. And, and with our minivan um, that, that burns almost <laughs> one gallon just to get to town. Right. So we'd make, you know, with no changes, we'd be able to make one trip a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not not at all possible to get into you know into my downtown. So I, I put on my thinking hat and said, "What can I do in my situation?" This is where your audience can can start to put on your thinking cap and just say, "What can I do in this situation?" And if if you if you if you intentionally think through situations where it's the absolute worst, then anything that's better than that is like pure luxury. So if it's three gallons a week, man, I could do so much with an extra gallon. You know, if it's five gallons a week, oh, wow, <laughs> we could go on vacation. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so I sat there and I, I pondered what I want to do with, with two gallons. So I got to get still got to get to Jacksonville. Still got to get, get have a job. Um, I could. Oh, I know what I could do. I could get an e-bike. There is a uh, train station in in uh the local town i could get an e-bike get to the train station uh now how would i get from the train station in town to the office uh, if i have a folding bike i can bring the folding bike onto the uh folding e-bike onto the train right and there's no lug you know extra luggage charge for that so like so what what size do they use so i was looking that up what size do they allow and and what size bikes are there so you know i, I, I it's been probably too much time on this scenario, but you know, like a e- e-bike, uh, a folding e-bike, get it to get to the station, um, charge up on the train because they have, you know, power outlets on the train, charge the e-bike on the train and then ride the rest of the way to the office. Uh, so, you know, just little things like that. And, and, it, and I also considered that for our minivan, we could, um, to do what's called hyper miling where you, you know, drive softly and you co- do add little vents and co- covers and whatnot. And then the other thing we might do uh, would be um, an ethanol conversion. So for like $800, mm-hmm. you can get a kit that plugs into your engine, allows 
you to run um, ethanol gas. And the reason that's important is if you have enough sugary kinds of materials like uh, like like sugar or Jerusalem artichokes or things with carbs, enough carbs in them, you can still distill, um, make your own alcohol. So mm-hmm. you can make your own, you know, corn, uh, you can make your own fuel. Uh, and for $800, that's a lot of flexibility. So it's worth considering, you know, if, and if you have some of one of these older cars, about 10 years ago, it was a fad to have flex fuel cars. So the E85 gas. Sure. And if you have one of those flex fuel vehicles, it will run, um, pure alcohol. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So like w- w- if you, I, I, I sat and pondered and thought it through and realized that it would really hurt us severely, but we, my wife and I both have discussed it. We are n- not leaving here, here out this country, you know, out of this, this country location. If we don't have to, we just yep. love it so much. And we do what we have to, you know, we just, we would just cut way back. Um, mm-hmm. I could see a future where like with this great reset and, you know, agenda 30 and all this nonsense where they would, you know, there's a, there's a saying, there's nothing quite as permanent as temporary. Yeah. You know, so they've put in these temporary uh, war rations of, you know, your two gallons a week, but your electric vehicle can get unlimited miles. And, um, you know, they put that in and they go, well, people are used to it now so much. We should just keep it. Right. You know, so I could just see that that coming. And then people out in the country would not go with it. They would either have to buy an electric vehicle and all that entails, or they would just give up, you know, and move. Oh, to yeah. The, go back yeah. to donkeys. Yeah. Go back. Or no, I think they would just move to the city. A lot of the people yeah. are, are kind of soft when it comes to that. And they would just give up. They'd just be like, mm-hmm. I'll just, I'll move to the city. Um, or they'll, or they'll figure, you know, some way to, you know, force it to the city. So yes, but you know, I mean, basically, it's quite conceivable that we'll get some sort of if they don't have that, they'll have some sort of carbon allowance. Yeah, and then you know, you have to apply. Yeah, to go on vacation. I want to go to Colorado, right? And uh, you have to apply and, well, nope, you can't go this year. You got to go next year or something. And then mm-hmm. yep. there, you know, that, I, I mean, people are already talking about that. This yeah. isn't even just crazy talk. This is, uh, you know, the normal host of people mm-hmm. are talking about stuff like that. Yeah. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't be, I, I think that war rationing type thing would be uh, completely, unsurprising um you know medium right to yes. get there yes because that, that would make sense especially with the people that continue to drive gas cars yeah i mean they, they, there's no way you could you know if the president came on tomorrow first of all half the nation doesn't trust him and if, if he were to say okay folks we need you to eat your peas and carrots and we need you to now you know buckle down and and support the war effort they wouldn't go for it. And so well, there just wouldn't be gas. There wouldn't even be any gas available. Right. 1970s. Yeah. Um, that could happen. I think that would cause irate. What? Here's what I'm going with this during world war two, before world war two started um, a lot of Americans really weren't on board with going to war. They just mm-hmm. weren't excited about it. They, they, they didn't want to. Um, and then the day happened Pearl Harbor. Yep. 
And they said that the most dangerous place to be the next day was in front of an army recruiting office because people were just crowding to support the war, war, war effort. And they were so happy to give up tires and everything. Now, whether that was, you know, a, an act of legitimate act of false flag or not, I'm not going to speculate. I just know that Pearl Harbor inspired the nation. And if we were to see another similar kind of uh, a war drive, I think we would need something like a nine up nine eleven times five or a Pearl Harbor or something like that. Yeah, now, whether that's whether that's intentional or not, I'll leave that with you. <laughs> yeah, and 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 there's probably some people that are listening going, "Oh, you're just talking about negative <laughs> stuff now." And oh, it's like, yeah. well, no, not really. What you need to do is figure out how to if you don't plan for that stuff now. Yeah. At, and this is the thing: it's mindset. How do you thrive? Yeah, mindset. You know, so many people, including me, were prepared mm-hmm. and we had were adequately prepped, shouldn't have been affected by COVID at all. I still had a job. I could work from home. I had all the food I needed. I had toilet paper. It was, shouldn't mm-hmm. even have been a blip. I should have just sat there and laughed at it and stayed home. Yeah. But I, but I didn't. I went to the store and watched the world burn <laughs> and and it got in everybody's head. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, there were people that weren't prepared mentally or spiritually yeah. and they got depressed mm-hmm. because the 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 God of prosperity, you know, <laughs> and uh, without sounding, you know, real religious. But I mean, basically, that's that's it. I'm American. Dang yeah. It, yeah. You know, and uh, I shouldn't I shouldn't have to suffer, basically. Yeah, so exactly. it's like, you know, there's so many preppers that I know that just lost it Hmm. even though they were adequately prepped and uh you know so if you don't start thinking along those lines and not to be a doomer yes not right yeah because you want to thrive in the future you want to thrive in that imagined future not suffer yeah right exactly you know and uh you were talking about jerusalem artichokes i mean i Mm -hmm. got um i got i just dug up some jerusalem artichokes that i planted this year Okay. And they're they look like potatoes. They're not they're mm-hmm. not all lobular like the 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 usual Jer- Jerusalem okay. artichokes, okay. right? They're more circular. They they're not, you know, it's hard to it's hard to peel Jerusalem artichokes because they're all lobular, you know. Yes. And so you these are just yeah, these are circular, and it's like wow, this is pretty good. So you know, it's even little things like that, and then preparing preparing mentally and, and physically and spiritually yeah. as well. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and, and preppers live in the world that exists, not the world that should exist. Right. The world that actually exists has problems with where politicians like to go to war and they has problems where there's a draft effort. And it does have, let's say Gulf of Tonkin with legitimate, actual proven uh, government um, false flag events. Mm-hmm. These kinds of things happen. So a a realist has to say, okay, if I'm in that terrible situation, what is my way out? What is the way I negotiate that? What is the way I start to think it through? What are the resources around me? I call it like survival MacGyvering because like, you remember the MacGyver show, Mm -hmm. he like can get his paperclip and he get his, you know, wire and, and some, a little bit of uh, potassium and whatever, and he'd make a bomb. And so the, the, the survival MacGyver can, find the things that are around him and uh, not only help himself, but help others as well to really just thrive. So, sure. Yeah. And to be that gray man, you know, so being in, 
you know, in the gap, no one's really noticing you and, yes. but you're, you're able to do what's necessary and then also help others. Yeah. Right. So how about you? How would you handle two gallons a week? Well, I just basically wouldn't go anywhere mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, except like you said, one trip to town a week mm-hmm. and we could, we could get by on that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that would be important. We've got horses and, uh, we've got a donkey. Um, we've been talking about getting a, uh, cart. Okay. And, uh, and maybe go on the donkey route, mm-hmm. the donkey cart and, uh, and stuff like that. So, yeah. And then just keep planting trees and, and, uh, you know, plant trees, cultivate gardens and, yes. and, and livestock. So that you don't have to go to town as often. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, what are we doing? What are we doing for heat? All those, all those things. Right. I think we got to get back to the victory garden. Okay. Right. Yes. One of the wonderful things that came out of World War II. Yeah. Both from a, both from a personal standpoint, but also from a community standpoint. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and get churches, everybody else to, you know, have community gardens. Yes. And then, start utilizing there's so many people that give up in july here and we have the capability for two seasons okay so you know if you see the the standard victory garden thing it says do beans followed by something right Mm -hmm. so they've actually got baked into it two seasons okay so you know start thinking along those lines Mm -hmm. and around here you can't find any seed after July 4th. Okay. So, you know, plan it all out, have your plants going, and then you could get, I've gotten two seasons of potatoes before Mm. and stuff, right? So if you plant, plant early in March and then uh, plant again in July, Uh and I've been able to get two seasons going that way. So. Which is good. We can't get any potatoes except sweet potatoes. So you're doing better out with it than that. (laughs) Regular potatoes are just a bus here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. But anyway, but yeah, that's especially your potatoes are going to be your good um, sustenance crops. And you can live on a lot of potatoes. Sure. And then also the foraging, right? So, so much we're driving through the park. And Uh I said, are those apples over there? And no, they were pears. Oh. And it was, uh, and they were the common, you know, they're, I don't, I don't think they were wild. Um, you know, the common pair. Okay. And so we just went over there and just cleaned the tree out, <laughs> you know, nobody cares. No, I mean, it, yeah. I think they had it for wildlife or something, but you know, a lot of, a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of nut trees that are out and about, um, what about you? Yeah, we got. Um, I wanted to say two things about uh, the, the wild uh, foraging, but yeah, we have we don't have a lot of nuts uh, going on. We do have acorns, which are edible. Mm-hmm. Um, we have we have pecans are, are in this region, but I don't believe we have any. When I was a kid growing up, we had a nice pecan, two nice pecan trees, but uh, I don't think we have any. I know we got pears and apples, uh, but the apples are probably not going to do good. I think uh, only the pears. Uh, any, anyway, uh, about the wild foraging, there's a couple things you could do with, with wild foraging. Is one is if you if you're out walking and you see something really good, um, 
that is a great one to bring home and plant at home mm-hmm. for the reasons that, as I was saying earlier, it's native. It likes the environment. It grows without any input. It's bred for hardiness. So mm-hmm. it's like the easy button. You're just going to yeah. put it in the ground and it's going to go. The other thing you could do with wild edibles is use the rest of the world as your garden. So take the, you know, we get a lot of wild grapes here and they're not very big, but you could take the wild grape and put it somewhere else or the yams, you put it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so there's the, the way you could use the, 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 those wild things out there. You just use propagate like, you know, guerrilla gardening and you just find a lot yeah. you know, somewhere where there's, and you put, put your, um, you know, that way you, you can basically extend the, the size of your garden out. Um, but, uh, you know, around here, I think I would probably go collecting a lot of acorns, mm-hmm. uh, leach them out. There's a pr- method of leaching out the tannins so that they taste acceptable. And uh, acorn cakes are actually not too bad. Um, and then uh, we have a lake nearby, so we can go some, do some fishing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about bicycle distance. Um, we are near a large swamp where there are bear and probably some gators, but up here in this part of Florida, it's more like bears and, and coyotes and things. Really? Um, yes. This is, this is more the North Florida. So the gators are more like South Florida the, the, and the, ba- the bears and things are more up here. Mm-hmm. Hogs and deer and, and things like that. Wow. Do they have bear season up there? Um, it's not that bad, mm. but like every, we had one swipe our ga- trash can and, um, someone has seen one dead on the road. So they're around, they're just not, you know, sure. large numbers. Um, but I don't, I think, you know, to your question, I, we, there might be a bear season, but I haven't checked into it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I do know that the guy who we buy our plants from, he's got so many deer that he's going to get a nuisance license. And he told me I could come and hunt on his property. So I'm wow. yeah. So I'll be able to get as many as, as we want to shoot. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. I'll be deer hunting this, uh, this weekend. Mm-hmm. So we're in the middle of rut, so it'll be it'll be good, and and you know just this lifestyle is like like the name of your podcast, like or or as Jack Spearco likes to say, whether times get tough or even if they don't, it's just a beautiful way of living, whether nothing bad happens at all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just it's beautiful. I just I just love getting up in the morning, and looking out over the plants that are growing, and and uh, get it's silence out here, and it's, it's wonderful. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And and just when you start opening your eyes to the abundance, yeah, you know I'm walking. I'm I'm I've started using that plant app, and I've got a couple of fortune mm-hmm. books, right? Yeah, and and I go, hey, wait a minute, great. that's wild mustard, yeah, you know, and <laughs> right. um, mustard greens, and uh, I found some chicory that was growing in my driveway, yeah. and all right, you know, get some chicory out, and yeah. and uh, um, we got mullen everywhere. Oh, cool. So, and and elderberry so oh yeah yeah we've got some elderberry yeah elderberry just just everywhere and you can make wine or it's funny i've made wine out of elderberry and it's nasty 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 until about a year and then all of a sudden it turns okay (laughs) and then it gets better from there okay but it's just it's absolutely disgusting to a year that's funny so yeah, we, we have like, um, it's called dewberry. It's almost a blackberry. It's very similar. And uh, they, they just like go everywhere. You can, you'll find dewberry just everywhere. So 
you know, that's, that's one I've tried to cultivate, especially near the fence, because like somebody climbs over it, you want the, them to climb into a dewberry patch, you know, mm-hmm. so, uh, that that's one. Is it got, is it got thorns? It does. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I planted three, maybe it was two small snow white blackberries that were thorny and they took over the whole back <laughs> 40. I'm going to have to do some eradication. And last time I eradicated, it just made it mad. Oh, <laughs> and then it spread worse. Well, that's a so, good problem to have, though. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen any blackberries food. on them. You haven't yeah, seen blackberries? No, I see a lot of thorns on them. Oh, but, that's disappointing. Yeah, I'm going to cut them down and put some tarps over them and see if that helps. But yeah, I'm sure it's going to be a multi-year war. <laughs> just made so, them. <laughs> I don't know. It just makes them mad. <laughs> <laughs> but does it bring in the deer? Um, yeah, I think so. I think so, the chestnuts and the hazelnuts bring in the deer and then the, and yeah. the oaks. So, you know, so we, you're we growing, you're growing a deer garden. Course. Yeah, exactly. We had a, we had a deer that something happened to him and he, he must have got hit by a car and then he got stuck oh, yeah. jumping over the fence. And so we found him We he had a really nice, uh, Nice antler rack there. It was really mm-hmm. interesting, but you know, we found him too late to use him, but it was still pretty neat. Okay, he was huge. Oh wow. Uh, well, uh, back to the uh, subject. Uh, something just came to mind is you could also consider uh, carpooling, and that has multiple benefits. Like you get to know your neighbors. Mm. You know, uh, we got somebody that goes to our church. It's not. It's within two miles of here, mm-hmm. and. There's no reason why we couldn't share the car. They would get their their two gallon allotment. We'd get our two gallon allotment. You know, we'd go one day with her, and she we, and she'd come with us one day. And uh, so I think that could work. So that could be something where it would bring the community together, uh, and you're just working together with what you have, which what's right. around. Um, e-bikes are definitely an, an option, I think, to look at as well. Gas bikes, uh, because gas bikes, um, little 49 cc engine can go 30 miles an hour or so, which is, well, I, I think of it like, like a horse, right? So a horse mm-hmm. goes 20 miles an hour, carries about two, three, 400, especially if you have a, a wagon pounds, you know, and, uh, it goes, but, you know, so an electric bike with a, with a, like maybe a gas generator or a gas bike is about like an electric horse. You know, there's no vet mm-hmm. bills, no feed bills, but it goes about the same speed, carries about the same load. Um, so what I was going to say about an, uh, a gas bike is it goes about 30 miles an hour in their three, four, five hundred dollars and they're 80 to 120 miles a gallon. Wow. Yeah. And if you get a little four cycle gas bike, uh, they can be converted to ethanol. So you can make your fuel, mm-hmm. you can go all day, and you're going about the speed of the horse. So we're stepping back in time, but we're not, but it's still, it's still like workable. Life went on, you know, when people got around with horses that just went on a little bit slower and arguably that's maybe a little better. So, yeah. Yeah. So life will go on. It would just be difficult and challenging and nobody would be really all that happy with it, but I think we could, we could do it and you don't have to give up and move back to the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You might not be able to run your dryer. I know right. folks that have, that are off grid that, you know, they have to choose when they're going <laughs> to stuff like that. You yeah. know, Oh, we've got a, we've got a, uh, we've got a bonus today <laughs> and uh, we've got a glut of energy. So now we can run the dryer. 
right on. Yeah, not not use your solar uh, powered dryer, otherwise known as a close uh, clothesline. Clothesline, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We had a we had a dryer break, and I can't. Nobody will come out and fix it. They go, oh yeah, you're out of our you're out of our range. Ooh, ouch. what do I need to do? Like load it up and bring it to you, or what? <laughs> <laughs> so we just got we got into hanging it up. Oh yeah. So yeah, put a, got a rack and and got um. Got a clothes rack for downstairs in the basement, put in uh clotheslines downstairs and and stuff. So and we just been doing that. Almost forgot that we have a dryer. <laughs> yeah, in our situation, I went and found um I used to do the high efficiency stuff thinking I would save money in the long term. They just would break like mm-hmm. two years, three years, and they'd break. And I like, yep. okay, this is getting to be ridiculous. After about four or five replacements, I said, I've had it. I went out and got a dumb washer, not a smart washer. I got one that does uses more water and we feed it to the bananas. And uh, I got uh, with a guy who used to work for a washing machine like Maytag or something. And he retired and he sold me, gave me a bunch of his parts, like 40 bucks a box of parts. So now we've got washer. It's been running five, eight years already. And it'll, it'll probably be going you know, until the apocalypse with all these spare parts. So I I say to your viewers, um, go with the old designs, find something that, you know, look around and see what the old designs are. I wish I could tell you what model it was, but uh, find out what the old designs were uh, back when they built them to be maintained and go with that instead of these new high efficiency stuff um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with a lot of things. But I I just personally prefer that, that way of living. So, yeah, that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Final thoughts. Um, well, uh, we can thrive in this kind of future. We don't have to be afraid of it. Uh, we, we have to live in the world that actually exists. And in this world, you know, people are disappointing. Politicians are disappointing and, and they do stupid things that we. So we can negotiate, navigate and work with that and uh, and and thrive, not just survive. Now, can I mention my wife's business? Sure, go ahead. So she just uh, she just started coming up with these T-shirt ideas that are gardening mm-hmm. related, right? And uh, she asked me to make a website for her. What she did was uh, she has a bunch of these little little cute ideas, and then she used an AI art generator to generate uh, graphics to go with it. Oh yeah, yeah. So like um, rebuilding the soil one one fun guy at a time. <laughs> <laughs> So that's uh, blossomingthreads.com, right? Blossomingthreads.com. Oh, cool. Send you the link. That sounds that. good. And yeah. you've got the SecureCube, right? How's, I, give us an update on SecureCube. Okay, so SecureCube, I am uh, wrapping up beta testing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I covered some bugs during beta testing, and I'm working through one of them now, but it's not a not a very thorny bug. SecureCube, for those, those who haven't heard of it, it is a coop door opener with phone notifications. So if you have a chicken coop, It'll send a notification to your phone when the thing opens, when it closes, when there's an issue so that you will be able to better go on vacation or whatever and trust that you, you're able to keep an eye on your coop. Eventually, it'll be taking the same core platform and running it out and extending it out through all the backyard. So all sort of like secure farm. Uh, so like watching your electric fence and watching mm-hmm. motion in the garden, you know, like a predator or cameras or lights or uh, maybe even some exotic things like uh, an automatic squirt gun that shoots at the um, at the deer. Uh, 
And, and so but <laughs> the, the hard part has been getting the core right. The core right. is like, you know, sign up a new account, uh, make it re- reliably give me notifications, uh, let me fail over when there's a problem. And so that has been the hard part. I found out that I'm not as good of a software developer as I thought it was. So it took me <laughs> a long time to get the, the core where I am now, but now it is more or less functional and I'm just... I got an, I got three weeks off at the end of the year that I'm going to just try and just you know bust it. So and, oh, good. See if I can so what's a website on. for that? That is securecoop.com. Securecoop.com. And there Sounds is good. a coupon, and I think I, I, what I can do, I will make a coupon and we'll we'll put it in the show. That way, if anybody sees watches the show, they can get on the presale use the coupon as well. If they sign up on the mailing list, there's a coupon and I wrote a free ebook on um, coop protection. So if you want to learn how to better protect your chicken coop, there's an ebook for you. So sign up to the mailing list and uh, get the coupons and watch for updates. Sounds good. Excellent. Thanks. Are you thriving? Check out the thriving community telegram group. It's where a community shares our solutions, our wins, and even our losses. Come and share your stories. Join by going to signup.thriveinthefuture.com. And check out Thriver News. It's thriving community news without the noise. It's where Perpet and I have more long-form articles about different topics, including homesteading, intentional living. For example, some of the things we've had here is how to make comfrey salve or balm on the fly. Uh, the challenge of being present, basically musings from around the fire pit teaching kids that failure is an option, a food forest walkthrough of year three, what worked and what didn't. So check it out at thriver.news. And if you like this episode, consider joining the thriving Patreon where you can get early episodes, extras, outtakes, eBooks, as well as lots of bonuses. That's at patreon.com slash thrive in the future. Thank you for listening to Thrive in the Future podcast. If you like what you hear, please click that like or subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. Follow us on Twitter at Thrive in the Future and also go to thriveinthefuture.com.